0: Aloha and welcome to A Dose of Positivity. I am your host, Donna Maltz, known to many as Mama Donna. And each week I invite positive, knowledgeable guests to share their wisdom, passion, inspiration, and their determination to positively impact our world. You will meet the most incredible social and environmentally Responsible activists, artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, health and wellness advocates, making a difference with their lives and their careers. The goal here is to bring you more positivity into your life. We invite you to share your goodness and inspiration, ask questions, and please invite others who are looking to be part of a positively, positive transformation. Thank you for joining us. Now it is time for A Dose of Positivity. Aloha. And we are live now from the Big Island of Hawaii for another episode of A Dose of Positivity. And my special guest today is Kenny Down. And we are going to be talking about awakening the spirit within. Kenny is an incredible author. And um, I'm going to be introducing to him you to him in just a moment. But first, I'm going to take a minute and just to set the tone of our conversation and read from a little passage from my book, Conscious Cures: Solutions to 21st Century Pandemics. And knowing Kenny, he uh, and he's read the book, he, he'll appreciate this little warm-up for his presentation. This is a a section in my book called Beliefs and I'm just gonna read a few passages from it. So just, I I encourage you all just to just sit back and relax and take some nice shallow breaths throughout your nose and just, even though I get a little hyped up, this is the time for me also to come into my body and to awaken the spirit within me. So I encourage you all to just relax and, and take this in. What we believe matters. When our beliefs come from a foundation of love and compassion, a just society will rise. Life is not all sunshine and rainbows. We face our inner darkness and find our light when we understand the value of being true to the many colors of ourselves. Believing we can shine brightly rather than running from the darkness We discover how enriching life can be. Life's seasons and cycles continually change, as do our beliefs. In the following section, I share some thoughts that have served me well for most of my life and helped me enormously get through those rapidly changing and challenging times. I hope what I have to say brings you comfort and aids peace for you to pour into others. Clear communication can bridge the gaps that so desperately yearned to be filled with kindness. Everything is always in a state of flux. There will be good times and hard times and how we choose to handle them determine the outcome. Evolution is part of life and the most flexible organisms find the highest level of success. I choose to be flexible and to adapt. I accept there will be hard times. I understand that all sentient beings and all that is, play a significant role in the expression of life. Redefining what success means has helped shape my life. Love fills my internal bank more than the external world that attempts to fill me with fear. I better understand the chaos when I Pay attention to being proactive and positive. This fills my internal bank with love and it helps me stand strong against the chaos and it fills me with the strength and the compassion to flow and move forward. A natural order contains chaos which is part of the balance to maintaining and expressing our growth. Coming through the birth canal, after all, was traumatic on many levels. Connecting with our roots and acknowledging the trauma and that it is real and moving beyond it is part of the divine order. The balance is delicate, yet it keeps us stable. It is yin. It is yang. By appreciating chaos as part of life, we become more resilient. Disorder eases and helps us make peace with our mothers, Mother Earth, others, and ourselves. Our actions reflect how we treat ourselves and others. By expressing love, we attract harmonious relationships. And with that, I want to say I love you all and I welcome you and I feel the attraction and the magnetic love and choose to be flexible, yes, I love that. Comments are so appreciated um, in this live uh, call that we're having and any questions you have are so greatly appreciated. So without further ado. I am going to introduce you to my special guest who's going to be speaking with us about awakening the spirit within. And Kenny, um, wave to everybody who can see this. If you're listening to the podcast, you're missing the (laughs) chance. so Kenny just do me do me the honor of introducing you okay this will just be um an introduction and then we're going to get right into some some questions and I want to thank you all for absorbing some conscious cures and a dose of positivity from me also known as mama donna so Kenny down is a best-selling and award-winning author of this incredible book, Darko, which he'll talk a little bit about, and The Sacred Heart of Jonah, which, The Sacred Heart of Jonah, I'm sorry, it's one book, and A Guided Sleeping Spirit, which I don't have here, The Care care and the Keeping of Sean, and the newly released Mira, The Window and the Wall. This is the best bathroom read you will ever have, ever, ever, and you can stick it under your pillow, too. One of his many profound quotes that I love to repeat is there, if there ever was a time when our world needs healing, that time would be now. Kenny is grateful, humble, and he is an awakened spiritual seeker. His past difficulties and his current situations are reflected in the body of his literary work. He is an awakened spirit with a happy whole and useful. Life. But it has not always been that way for him. It is a state of being that he's worked hard to have. He spent many years struggling with addiction, as did I, both with the tragedies that tend to lead to relying on drugs and alcohol, food and work for me, and the fallout of reaching for such empty relief. But all those trials have turned out to be a blessing. Now many years sober, he continues to enlarge his spiritual life after a successful business career, including being the president and CEO of one of the largest fishing and seafood companies in Washington and Alaska. Kenny down now devotes his time as an author presenter and a teacher he lives in seattle with his beautiful wife and we are so honored to have you here and share with us how your career and how your immune system is doing now and your health is doing now with this new beautiful spiritual awakening you've had within kenny welcome to a dose of positivity
1: well, thank you so much, Donna. I, I should just bring Donna with me everywhere to make the introductions. That was really great. Um, so I think you know, there's this, there's several things I want to talk about today, but um, but mostly I, I really want to talk about you know my writing and how that has healed me and I and how that has brought about um, deepened my spiritual life and deepened the awareness that I have of the spiritual awakening that I've had that um that you know in this process when I when I wrote the book uh Darko the sacred uh heart of one Johanny Darko this was a book about uh modern day Joan of Arc and it really was a reflection of of what Donna had to say in her reading you know that this this piece that she said, I was just looking, because I wrote it down, it says, uh, a just society will rise. And, and, uh, and that was really the, the core idea behind this book was I have always been a fan of, of Joan of Arc and uh, the history that, that was, was there and how such a young person can bring about such a profound change through a spiritual awakening and Joan of Arc the the original Joan of Arc was somebody that had a spiritual awakening she visited with Saint Margaret and Saint Catherine and the and the Archangel Michael who's um you know uh still revered by the the Jews and the Christians and the Muslims all um are people that uh that still all um worship in one way or another that the Archangel Michael. And so looking at her story, I thought, well, we are so far off track today, as a society, we're just so um, we, we've got these, this, this polarization in our politics, we've got uh, the, the, you know, the, the corporate wealth and the people that the people that we really look up to in this world are the billionaires and the heads of these giant corporations, and um, and with and there's so little reverence today of somebody that just wants to live a spiritual way of life. That reverence has has just gotten to be less and less and less. I think so. Um, when I wrote that book, in many ways, I was writing the things that I wanted to tell myself. And that's that healing process of writing. And it's one of the things I wanted to talk about today because I think Donna and I really have kind of struck a chord on that, that when I write these things, and, and, and these, are, these are deep books. These books are, um, you know, they'll, they'll take your breath away a little bit. They pack us a big spiritual punch, these, the, the writings that I do. And in many ways, it's been a, such a cathartic thing for me to sit down and what I do, I do some reading every day. I'll do some reading, not my own read, writing, but somebody else's. And then I'll, and when I read, I'll do uh, some reading out loud. And I, I'm here in my studio today, but I have a, a, a spiritual room that I go to and I do my meditation in. And uh, and I'd be happy to, to show you that room someday, but, the, um, but I'll go in there, I'll do a little bit of reading. I'll read it out loud and then i do some meditation on what it is that i just read and then i do some writing on what it is that came to me in meditation and this is what how a lot of my writing um comes out so the the that that was the idea of of that book i you know i am uh um i've been sober 32 years that's such a huge part of my life and i appreciate that donna Mentioned that that I'd been in recovery for many years, and so much of the things that I've learned through this process of recovery. There's a story about uh, um, about Michelangelo, the, the the artist, when he created the statue of David, which many people feel uh, in the art community would agree, I should say, that that is the one of the most Premier pieces of artwork ever created anywhere in the world because it's it was carved out of a single stone, a single piece of marble, and it the detail with every hair on the on his hands and on his knuckles and the veins in his arms and the muscular structure and everything being proportioned exactly perfect. They asked. Uh, Michael Angelo, how did you create the statue of David? And his answer was, I just took away everything that wasn't David. And that's what's happened for me is that through the years and through the spiritual work that I've done, all of those things that weren't Kenny dropped away. And what I was left with was a person that could truly pursue their spiritual path that I could pursue the my heart's desire and when I say my heart's desire my heart's desire is to is to write to continue to write I'm writing another novel right now Um, this is what I really love to do and so when I think about the heart's desire and when I talk about God I want understood that this is the God of your your own understanding even though the word comes out of my mouth The only reason I even use that word is because we suffer this poverty of language uh, and poverty of words in the English language. And so I use that word only to describe the spirit that I connect with, but it's different for everybody else. And it's one of the things that's throughout all of my literatures, I never try to define that term for anyone else. So even though the word comes out of my mouth, it's always what it means to you. Never what it means to me, because what it means to me is... Unimportant. People can't have a spiritual awakening based on my experience or my belief in God. You know, it's the it's the I am, and I get a lot of that in my writing. That uh, um, the I am is that nobody can say the I am for you. I can say that uh, um, you know my name is Kenny, and I am a loving child of God. But Donna has to say those words for herself, or Kenneth, or uh, Michaela, have to say those words for themselves. Nobody else can say these things for you. And then I know Donna's got some questions, so I'll I'll pause there, but that's just a little introduction to the fact that, that through a spiritual way of life, I've been able to find my heart's desire and to practice in that direction and the heart's desire is not there by mistake. You know, it's not, it's not a mistake. God is not a trickster. God does not put something inside of us and then not give us the tools to carry that out. And I've been somebody that I've had the chance to actually find that out for myself. So Donna, I know you've got some questions and things you wanna get to. I could fill the time just talking about different things, but I know you've got some things you wanna get to too. So I'll stop there
0: no 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 you know what actually i'm going to love you to do that i just wanted to acknowledge a couple of things that you that you said and um and 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 as far as the question goes you you have the questions so you can just go off those questions and keep going but before we do that what i wanted to just recognize was that that I think that the the way the direction of this conversation, and if everybody can really appreciate what Kenny just said, that whole Michelangelo story is. I mean, I got goosebumps right here just thinking about it. I mean, just letting all that exterior go, and just how, how do we find that? And and you know, I, I actually, well, you you were just triggering, and I just happened to have this here. And i'm not trying to sell my books but i just to show you kenny and i like it's just it's a magnetic attraction when you meet somebody that you never knew you would ever going to meet and i wrote this is actually a journal because i i was exactly what kenny was saying and sharing i feel is so true and this is this journal is about i am living like the future matters is a guided journal like how did we, how did michelangelo get to that place like where was those things coming from and sometimes like in this modern contemporary world, what we do, we we don't have the same images and visuals and stimuluses that Michelangelo did, maybe connecting with nature or starvation or some rampant fever that he got and had this vision. What we get, we get that today too but we have these kinds of connections and and i want to make everybody aware her right on the call today having someone like kenny down here um, to to share this awakening thing i mean this, this this is this can be a defining moment for everybody right now because you know i am continues to happen every day we can change our mind we can change our brains we can change everything we can even come together and co-create it a better world together, and I know some of the people who are on the call right now are writers. Uh, Roselle, I know you're on here, who's writing, who just wrote a fabulous children's book. There's never too late. It's 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 now. Now is the time, right now, like right now.
1: Yeah, so I agree. I you know that the the time is now. There, um, we're at a place. I think. And in some respects, maybe this pandemic that we're coming out of or hopefully coming out of is, is help with that. People have realized that there's more to life than just working all of the time, that there's things that they're interested in and that they'd like to pursue outside of that. And so in some respects, I think it's a, it's a good thing. You know, one of the things you asked me uh, in our communications, Donna, to talk about a little bit was just to share a little bit of my personal story and That's I'm going to do that just really quick, just so people can understand um, why it is I'm so passionate about this, and and some of the things that have happened in my life. But I grew up in an alcoholic home with a with an alcoholic father and an alcoholic and drug addicted mother, and so I spent most of my childhood in institutions, and in foster homes, and group homes, and um, and and institutions, and lockup institutions, and I was incarcerated for most of my. Um, high school years because I just from a very early age I was using drugs and eventually I needed to start committing crimes to support that drug habit so um, I grew up here in Seattle um, and at 28 years old was when things really really came crashing down for me and I was homeless and I was a heroin addict and you know it's hard to imagine now looking at the things that my life is it looks sounds like I'm talking about a different person but that was the fact for me when I got sober and that was what it took to introduce me to the spiritual life for me to become reasonable about the spiritual life. And there's, um, there was a, a doctor back in the twenties and, and, and thirties. And I think he probably lived up until around 1960 by the name of Dr. Carl Jung. And he is a, a fascinating fellow that, that was, was very, um, uh, fascinated with archetypes that that, that people uh, fit into one of these categories somehow there was this archetypical uh, personality for certain people whether it was the egotist or whether it was the pessimist or but one of the things that he looked at was addiction and the, the, the drug addict and his conclusion was that at the core of every case of addiction is a yearning for the divine. That somehow people are born with this yearning for the divine. That somehow that there is a uh, um, uh, that there is something more to life, something in the spiritual life that attracts them. But we don't find that when you grow up in homes and, and, and areas and cities like I did in these places I went there was there weren't all good places and bad things happened and, and it's difficult to find those things. And so I turned to the proxy for those things, which is drugs and alcohol. There's a reason people call the, the alcohol the spirits you know right. that the, the people would say oh yeah grandma's got into the spirits you know and there was the spirit of this and the spirit of that that was the the, the old fashioned name for alcohol for a reason because people had these altered experiences and and uh and many people have those kind of experiences i don't make any judgment about that using hallucinogenics and those kind of things even today they're finding great therapies and stuff for these type of things which I, I don't condone for people like me who are so clean and sober because we've been down that road and I've tried that and it didn't work. And I just feel like we're that we're born. And and Carl Jung's description of this was spiritus contra spiritum. That was his description. And what that what those words mean is that we need to find the spiritual way of life, but instead we find the spirits the booze and the drugs and the addiction to other things like work and sex and money and uh um, gambling and all of the rest of it that that this and all of these are in one category really I think that it's this self-harming behavior that's what it is you know that, that somehow we become obsessed with this desire to destroy ourselves with the with uh whatever the substance might be whether it's gambling or whether it's cocaine and heroin the like I, um, yeah, i just
0: want yeah i just wanted to just jump in there please um because what what you're saying hit a core for why i wrote my first book living like the future matters and i think that you know it, it's almost like getting back to also writing to how cathartic is part of the healing process and the healing journey and what, what I want to share with everybody who's listening to this is I, when, when I did probably five, six years of research before I even, you know, it took me 10 years to get my book out, the first book out. But um, I was trying to get to the root cause of these addictions. And what I realized is that it was way bigger than my, I was a sugar foodaholic. I got 205 pounds fat sick and barely alive. But, and I was working all the time through the pain and through, but it, 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 when, it when really, and I, I'd like you all, everybody who's listening to us to think about it is like, really, what is the root cause? I mean, Kenny, you really pointed down to what you grew up in in the, the behaviors of your par- parents, what so was learned behavior. But then we have, if we, if we really take it and we look at, well, you're, it's not your parent, it, your parents weren't, weren't the problem. And then we can find forgiveness there, but then where is the problem? And so where I where I'm going with all this, and what, what I have found is that the root cause is this addiction to this unsustainable, unattainable. I call it maybe the American dream, or this looking at you know what everybody else thinks the world or your life sh- should be like, and we're always we're working two jobs to to get this toy or that toy, and we get addip- addicted to this cycle of craziness that if we don't have these things we're not worthy and like Kenny you were saying so what do we do we we hit the spirit instead of the spirits and we drown ourselves because we're not worthy we're not good enough we're not achieving and and then you know I had to find forgiveness in my alcoholic father and 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 abusive relationships and and realizing that you know I forget that the movie I I love it with uh, Robin Williams but um kevin t- remind me but he says it's not your fault it's not your fault um that kevin my husband's on there you know what i'm talking about
1: that's good we, we'll goodwill good yeah, hunting there you go that's right a great there
0: point. you go thank you Goodwill yeah. hunting it's not your fault it's not your fault so 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 who's going to take responsibility right for 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 our behavior or your behavior or whatever but it to me it was comforting to know just like we know that there is a a god and we also can appreciate that that there is a devil and who do we choose to worship and that devil is like which door do we walk through negativity or positivity we're always drawn to the negativity because psychologically they have proven that the brain that flight or fear thing goes (gasps) to that negative place and so it's that constant state of grace of, of finding our finding our center finding our balance our meditation our prayer or whatever that is
1: yeah I'll tell you I, Donna that the one of the greatest discoveries that we make is that our problems are, are of our own making you know mm-hmm. as adults that any problem I have is within me always, it's never the other person. Now we can watch Fox News and CNN go at it and point the finger at each other and who's the problem, but really the problem that we have is always within ourselves. And what that means is that it's good news because if the problem is within me, then the rest of the world doesn't need to change for me to be okay. I don't need to have different parents or a different experience. Or anything, and I'll point out too, it's not just these, these, these abusive and uh, um, uh, childhoods, or the, the trauma that we experience. Because sometimes I think it's more difficult for people that that have the same experience that I did, where they end up on drugs and, and drinking and losing everything. It's harder on them when they come from a good family, because for me, I could say at least I had the ability and the illusion that. It's somebody else's fault. It's because of my mom. It's because of my dad. It's because of this in the family. Instead of dealing with that somebody who came from a good family, and people on this this call, I think there's ones that will relate to this. It's harder for them because they say, I came from a good family. I came and and why am I like this? I had everything. Why am I like this? And and to, to have that realization that the problem lies within and it's us that needs to change and when we change the people around us change and the world changes that um you know i and and you know i kind of one of the things that's helped that i wrote this this my last book is this mirror the window in the wall and it's a really quick little 25 minute read and i recommend in there the first thing that you read it several times through but uh, donna uh, called it you know her favorite bathroom book which i haven't ever had that particular um one but it's good it just it's just good because you can sit down but really what that book says in just a, a quick minute is it says that when we look in the mirror we don't see what's actually there what we see are all of these things that have been placed upon us, which Donna was talking about, society says, you got to look a certain way, you got to have a certain viewpoint, you got to have a certain amount of money, you got to have a certain amount of success, you've got to have all of these things in our lives. And if we don't, we view ourselves as failures, or we have some childhood trauma or some trauma along the way that causes us to think that I'm a, I look in the mirror, and I say, gosh, I'm a failure. I'm not good. If if anything good does happen to me, I think, well, this isn't going to last. That's what I see. And so we have this distorted mirror that doesn't work. And when we view ourselves in that way, we don't want to let anybody see that. So then we begin to put up this window. I call it the mirror. The window comes next. And the window is, this is what I'm going to let you see. I'm going to control this window and I'm going to let you see this part of my life only and I'm gonna only crack the window enough so you can hear what I want you to hear and I'm gonna shut it when I don't want you and we begin to play a stage character this persona which is the, the persona is what the, the uh, ancient Romans used to call the mask you know that was their word the persona that this persona is this character that we play and we play a character so that nobody can find out what we think is the truth, which is this distorted vision we have in the mirror. And so then the the last piece is the wall that, when all that stops working, which it will, if you're playing a character and you're doing this, people will start abandoning and abandoning ship. Hey, I don't think the the Kenny show is going to come off very well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna and and we end up alone. And then we start building walls that we don't want anybody to see anything. We don't want to, we're going to have a separation. I'm a different person at work that I am when I'm with my friends and that I am when I'm in uh, a a 12 step fellowship group or some other group. I'm totally a different person when I'm at church than I am when I'm on the job, for instance, you know, that those kinds of things. And when we have that, the mirror, the window in the wall, the, the, the only way out is through a spiritual awakening that brings us about to start getting this realization of our true selves that really i am a loving child of god that i am whole. i am complete that i don't need anything from anybody that i will be provided for whenever i need something and the greatest thing is when i can look in the mirror and say you know, that I'm a loving child of God and I am surrounded by beauty in all directions. No matter what direction I look at today, I am going to be surrounded by beauty. And I start seeing beauty in areas of places where I may have saw negativity in the past. So and get to a place where I really can love everybody, not just uh, people that agree
0: with me. Uh, thank you so much for giving us uh, uh, a window into a window a mirror window in a well ah. <laughs> that's really and and you know one of the one of the things I think all of us would like to hear um I know I would anyway is and and I can share my my spiritual awakening or you know you have many of them but what what is what share with us what was that defining moment when you had your your first crack of that mirror and when you first felt that window opening and that wall when when was your first memory of that
1: yeah that's interesting because when I look at that and I've thought about this a lot you know where does the spiritual awakening start and I can tell you this that that the spiritual awakening um yeah this and I've talked to a lot of people about this so this is just my experience with talking to a lot of people hundreds and maybe thousands of people about this subject is that um, the spiritual awakening rarely happens when we're doing just fine. And the, that, that my spiritual awakening really began at the worst time in my life when I would have said that, um, that, the, that, that this is the worst I've ever felt. This is the loneliest I've ever been. This is the time when I wished that I wouldn't wake up in the morning, that time in my life. Um, I think it began there. That was the, the 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 moment that you know, one of those defining moments in my life where it tenderized me. And I continued to use drugs and drink for a while after that, but it was it was it was gone. And then after that, like you've said, I've had several spiritual awakenings. You know, when how, I was How through old
0: were the- you? How old were you when that give us a little bigger? Of- I was twenty eight of- years old. And where, were you where were you? What were you doing?
1: I was uh, locked up in a hotel room. I was shooting heroin around the clock, and uh, um, and I was out of money, and I couldn't pay the hotel bill, and so I decided to try to commit suicide. And and when I tried to commit suicide, and I woke up the next day, and it hadn't worked. Um, I'd I'd injected more drugs than would enough drugs that would kill everybody on this call plus probably 20 more and Mm -hmm. somehow live through that and um and when i woke up the next day i really look at that and i think i think that's when my spiritual awakening began when i knew that my i was not in charge of when i could live or die that i couldn't make myself happy i couldn't that there was there was no way out and i began to think about getting some help at that time. I didn't immediately, and I don't know if it was two weeks or two months of uh, that I endured that, but until I sought out some help. And then I've had spiritual awakenings, I think probably the biggest one for me in, in the 12-step process. There's a, uh, a process of making amends where we go to the people that we've caused harm to. And when I went back and started paying money back for places that I'd shoplifted from. And when I went to my mother and, and, and realized, you know, how much I judged her and, you know, my, I I had these awakenings. Like my mother was, was, um, was 19 years old when I was born. And I have a brother that's 18 months older than I am. And this was the person that I wanted to blame for all my problems. So I was able just to go to her and say, you know, I remember we had a, a, you know, we had Christmases, there was presents under the tree. I knew that she, despite with all of her problems, she did that. She was a folk singer, my mom, and so she would come in and, and play songs on the guitar and sing songs until we fell asleep. And I remember just loving it, just loving when my mom would do that. So the truth was, I, I really, there was a lot of things about my home that were very loving. I grew up in a very loving home in a lot of ways. Um, there were problems, but You know, I was just able to tell her that I remember that it wasn't all bad, that I remember that that we had good times and that we were fed and that we loved each other. And and there was a healing process that happened in that. And every time I did one of these kind of amends, uh, I would have that spiritual awakening just a little bit more. Just one of these pieces that wasn't Kenny was chipped Mm -hmm. away by the by the one artist. And, um, and I, you know, helping other people and witnessing their return to, to, to health, watching other people make their beds and walk again, it's been a big part of it. And I, I still get depression. I, I still have times when I really get way off track in my thinking and I'll have trouble sleeping and I'll be depressed. And it's always in those times when somebody will, hand me a book and say, hey, have you seen this book? And, and, um, and, and it'll be a book that'll bring me out of it or it'll bring another person, but um, I'm convinced that these spiritual awakenings continue to happen and that they have to continue to happen. It's, you know, I can't live on yesterday's bread alone. You know, that that's the, and I'm talking about the spiritual bread. The fact that I've had all these experiences and the spiritual awakenings and all the amazing stuff that came to me when I just, just went into meditation and said, okay, like I'm writing a new novel and I have a new character and I've been in meditation. Just God, please show me who this person is. Please show me, you know, what is this? What's driving this person? What's What made this person the way they are? And um, And these amazing things. But the fact that I have all that it, does, it doesn't spiritually feed me today. I've got to I've got to go out and eat some spiritual food and have a sp- new spiritual experience today.
0: Well, I I just I just have to say, and I think everybody who's listening to this now will feel the same. How sharing your vulnerability and your story it humanizes it for all of us who are witnessing your bravery to talk about it. And I know that's something that people do in 12-step, but I've not been in 12-step. And, I, I, and, I, and it kind of comes back to, to writings or, or, or song making or Michelangelo doing his art, um, finding a way to express that grief, that sadness, so that we don't have to go in a hotel room and, and, and have that kind of far awakening experience Um, and unfortunately, tragically today with what we see what's going on with COVID and I direct that not so much to the virus, but to the media and to the fear and conspiracy and all of this coming down on us. It's not the virus that's, I mean, yes, the virus is real, but this is a virus of the mind. This is a virus of of society. This is a virus of taking down the human spirit. And if people aren't willing to acknowledge that and they're going to go to the spirit instead, then it's up to those of us who have had these awakening experiences, just Kenny, myself, and and probably each and every one of us on the call, to to rise up and to help our our fellow brother and sisters and our children to stop it.
1: Yeah, and that's that. That's right. You know, one of the, the, the big points. Stop that I make, the
0: craziness. That's what I wanted to say. Stop, Stop the craziness. craziness. Right, guys. Yeah,
1: and so one of the realizations I came to when I was writing Darko, which is really this character, modern day character, Joan of Arc type that comes to to uh, um, lead a movement that's really going to change environmental. And what we what today we call environmental and social justice issues you know these these uh um, issues that are so prominent in our world today that, that need to be solved and one of the realizations that she came to in the book I came to and then I wrote it into her character is the help's not coming from the top and I'm such a big believer in that that you know that the, the governments the, the, the help and the example that I use, and she, in she is, uses it in the book, and, and I know I talk about her as a real person because that's how close I am to the characters, but you know, the realization that she had um, was that you can change the king, but if the kingdom doesn't change, you still have the same kingdom. You just have a new king. And that's really what we've done here in the United States we've elected a new king and uh, for lack of a better term you know it just works with I'm only using that because it works with the king and the kingdom but so you've got a new and and, and from my perspective maybe maybe I think that that's much better but um, than, than the old king but it doesn't matter because the it, it's us that has to change
0: right. it's not them.
1: And the more that we think that they have to change or that they have to be convinced of anything, the more lost we become in our way. So, if we have to change and it's this bottom up movement, it's not from the top down, that the top is not, you know, the help is not coming from the top, not coming even a little bit is going to come. Then, who is going to change the world? Well, it's people that have had these spiritual awakenings. That's the deal. That we've got to talk to people who are living a spiritual way of life, who have the ability to to think about things that aren't trying to change the image in the mirror by having a bunch of stuff and doing things. This is this is the movement, and I I think I I personally think it's happening. Yeah. You know, for several reasons. One that uh, um, is that today we have um, we have you know at least here in the United States we have our, our kids our, our children and I think you know my children are grown now so even younger children but uh, my kids are still fairly young they're just out on their own now but they're um, and and their generation and younger have grown up in the most diverse culture in ever in the world there's never been a culture like this where people are, Growing up in in, in these, these diverse cultures, where you've got so many diverse viewpoints and, and and ages of people and mindsets and and colors and races and creeds of people um, that uh, uh, um, and uh, in, in, in sexes and sexual orientations, it's just a very diverse culture. And these are the people. I think that's why I made. Johanny Darko of such a young character in the book is because that's who is going to have these big spiritual awakenings in in the millions that these people are going to look for a different way of life in the millions and we're going to be there to support them
0: absolutely and you know here's the thing that I think that shies maybe some people I've never had a spiritual awakening. you know a spiritual awakening is what we make of it it happens a miracle every day every time we take a breath it's the simplest thing is seeing a butterfly um, taking pollen from a daisy or a sunflower if we take the time to be present and in and share those moments and one of the people on the call, Jojo, I, it's, it's simply bonding with people you love, preferably in nature and, and, it, and it's perfect if you're in the present every day every moment every breath that we take is a gift it is an awakening is an opportunity for us to choose to go through the negativity door or the positivity door it's a choice to go to the heavens or the hells or however you want to look at it and personally that's not how i look at it but whatever spiritual or whatever thing that you look at it to realizing when you look in the mirror and you say to yourself you know i am a grace of god i am here i am here for a purpose and and now is, it is like like we said earlier, now is the time. Now is the time to look at, for me, to, I look at it every day, every moment, I am having spiritual awakenings all day. And I'm almost 65, almost on Medicare. It's a crazy world. I, I posted this on my Facebook group today. I was just like looking back and seeing, I look exactly the same, except I have wrinkles and, and some gray hair and I'm getting a Medicare card. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, th- this is a spiritual awakening. I'm here. I'm writing this. I'm alive. I have these memories. I have the opportunity to to ignite someone else to feel empowered by getting a Medicare card. and I could look at it like, oh shit, man. but no it's how we choose to look at each and every situation it's how kenny got out of that room because god obviously had or whoever universe had a bigger purpose for you obviously these books were written be, through you from that from those purposes and and we all have those purposes notice i didn't say purpose yeah. we all have purposes We all have the ability right now to get off of this call and go out and make amends with our mother. That's a spiritual freaking awakening. We all have the power to go outside and smell the snow because where you are, it's colder. For me, you know, feel the snow on your tongue, right? (gasps) Do you remember that when you were a kid catching snowflakes? Oh my God, I think that was my first spiritual awakening. I can remember. Being out and it was freezing cold. My mother's telling me to come in. I'm all bundled up, but not really. And I'm out there catching snowflakes on my tongue. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're exactly right. You know, that the spiritual uh, awakening, um, There's there's as many different descriptions of spiritual awakening as there are people that have had them. And so, uh, your description of just seeing a bird take some nectar out of a flower is just amazing. And people have that. And uh, my one of my spirit, great spiritual mentors—he passed away this this last year um, during the COVID uh, um, uh, time. So I, but I still got a chance to get up and, and see him, and 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 I, I gosh, I sure miss him, but. He, uh, he used to say that we have to have a spiritual awakening every day on this idea that we can't live on yesterday's bread. It's a, and so sometimes the spirit's awakening is just as simple as that. It's just as simple as noticing something in nature as beautiful as the little hummingbirds that we have that, that come out here to our yard and, and uh, take from the feeder or take from the flowers. It's just beautiful. And um and other days it's maybe something much much bigger than that where i'll have one of these aha moments and i'll just have to get i got to get downstairs here and and do some writing but every day it's a good thing to think about when you go to sleep tonight think about what did i what kind of a spiritual awakening did i have today
0: that's so beautiful you know i i encourage you maybe you guys have all seen this but i just have to bring this up now because there's you, you all know bob newhart And if you Google Bob Newhart um, and he has this little five-minute video and I think it's called Stop It, right, Kevin? It's Bob Newhart, Stop It. Um, And, you know, it just makes you really realize like When we we look at all these neuroses or all these things we think that we have about ourselves and we're spending all this time thinking about those things, when we can go out and we can reconcile with people with, with the things, those, those demons, all right, or we can be do instead of, instead of festering on those things, like I'm afraid of this, afraid of that, you know, it's just like change the language. And, um, but yeah, I encourage you to g- Google Bob Newhart. If if I can find it, I'll put it in the chat after this call on when we go on mute. No, I'm gonna be putting a lot of links in here too. But I just absolutely have adored this conversation, Kenny. We have so much more to talk about, but our time is running really low. And I would like so much, um, I like to p- keep on time, um, With this, but what I would really love for you to do is just take us home right now, give us some of your juiciest golden nuggets. We have about five minutes. And then afterwards, if anybody wants to stay on the call, what we do is I take you around my gardens, I show you butterflies hanging on flowers and um, bananas growing off the trees and all that in my yard for an extra potent dose of positivity. But I just am so. uh, so excited about getting to know you better and i feel like everybody on the call i can see smiles like people who are on here right now this has really hit a core with me you all of us to to knock down those walls go out and reconcile feel those spiritual moments and so all the time we're breathing and so with, with that said, Kenny, you, you have just given us so much stuff to think about and, and, and I don't know, a, allowing, giving us, you've given us permission really in a way and through your books and through your writing, giving us all permission to, to get on that horse and ride with our purpose. So please give us some closing words and I'm so grateful to you.
1: Well, thank you. So I suppose in, in closing, you know, one of the things I'd, I'll i give you an analogy that that's been really helpful to me. And so um, this is an analogy about a garage. And so when I was a kid and there were times when I was a young kid that that it was just better to kind of wander the streets all night than it was to go home at, to the place where I had a bed because there was stuff going on that was, was not good. So um so a friend of mine had a garage his parents were in the house and and he was allowed to live in the garage and he'd fix this garage up just just killer. he had a um big speakers in this garage you know these and in my day back when I was a kid uh the bigger the speaker uh, um the the cooler it was and so these these speakers were like as big as human beings you know these these gigantic speakers he had and his stereo system and we would listen to music and we would get high and drink and he had blacklight posters. It was just the most cool place in the world and girls would come over and it was just great, you know, just a wonderful place. And he had this really, really mean dog and and somehow I thought that was really cool. But I just loved that, you know, and in and, and uh um and so when I was when I was homeless as a as a kid, I spent a lot more time homeless as a, a young kid, and I did when I was an adult. Um, up until the very end, I was pretty good at being able to take care of myself and find a hotel room for the night. Or, you know, I've had some games, so I was I was okay most of the time. But uh, um, but when I would wander around. Sometimes I would just look at people's garages as I was walking around neighborhoods and I would see their garages and I would think, man, that is, uh, um, that is a cool place. And if somebody would let me live in that garage, I would fix it up just like Steve's place. I would fix it up and I would have stereo in there and I'd have a hot plate and I'd have a microwave and I'd have a place I'd put curtains up and I have a bed in there and maybe I could get some girls to come over. You know, I knew a few girls that would think a garage like that was pretty cool. And and so all of these uh, things and I would think, gosh, and I would just go and I would walk around I would see these clearly underutilized garages and think to myself, well, my life would be great if I could just have a garage like that it wouldn't even be my garage it would be I, my life would be great if somebody else would let me live in their garage and one of the things that happened to me through following the spiritual path is I began I, I was able to to uh, realize that I was pretty good at business and so I've had a good business career and um and I admittedly, I think I got off track and worked harder than I should have, but I had some success and I live today in a beautiful house here in Seattle and I got a view of the, I've got a, a big view of the water and I mean, it's a really spectacular place and um, and I was thinking about that story, you know, I was thinking about that time, somehow I was remembering that a few years back and what occurred to me was that I never saw the house. I never saw the house like that God would have me live in a house. You know, I was sitting right there in front of me. Every one of these garages had a house and a family and a yard. and, um, And all I could think about was what is it, you know, if somebody else would let me live in their garage, it would be great. And so that's the thing I would leave everybody with is to think about what is the garage in your life? You know, what is that one thing that you're so focused on? If I could just have this, my life would be great that you're missing the big picture and you can't even see all of these wonderful things that you can have that are obtainable, your heart's desires, the things that are much more important so we get so focused on the little thing that god if i could just have this or if i could just get that or this job or that person or this person would be my friend all of those kind of things that we miss the big picture so there you go donna that's a little pearl of wisdom that i'll leave you with
0: oh i i absolutely love that and i so appreciate that closing story i i'm sitting here in my beautiful home Um, and just imagining you having had to go through all that you did and to see I'm just I guess proud is the first thing that comes to my mind to see to champion your life the way you have and you're a role model and an example for all of us and I'd like to thank you so much Kenny Down for coming on for your writings for your brilliance and 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 your vulnerability in sharing your stories with us today and well, I want thank to also- you yeah Good.
1: if people are interested you know you can find information just you don't need to to search too much just do do a search for author kenny down and you'll find a lot of stuff and it'll direct you to my website which is newthoughtlife.org newthoughtlife.org and there you can can have it i was um and I just want to thank everybody too. I see Jackie is here and we had quite a few people that, that joined that are friends of mine. I appreciate it from, from Bill and Bob and and uh, um, and Bill, who's saying that he's my best and favorite spiritual sponsee, which is probably the, the case. That's true, he's, he's my favorite. So um, okay. Jackie, so thank you so much, everybody. Oh, look at who it is. I see who that is now, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love you, everybody.
0: Yes, and everybody who wants to stay on too, because um, TJ is going to put some links. She just put in. Oh, um, there Kenny. we go. Yeah, and um, I'm I'm going to also share that. You can listen to the replays and share the replays with your friends and family. We're now on YouTube, and TJ will put the link in there. And we also have a podcast now. So all the replays are on there. So you can listen to Kenny anytime and myself. And I encourage you to come back to A Dose of Positivity next week. We have a an incredible guest coming on Rita Jean Fleming will be on talking about uh, building our health through regenerative health regenerative agriculture and we get into spirituality on every one of these calls and remind you that everything we're talking about right here on a dose of positivity is intended to help you build your immune system and to become the best version of yourself so you can make the world a better place just being you with a special gift that only you have and acknowledging that and going off and doing something about it because that is our spiritual awakening and I want to thank you so much and much love to you all.